Welcome to another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the question of whether governments centralize to protect themselves from economic shocks. Now, in general, we've been talking throughout the paper about several measures of the size and structure of government. Particularly with regard to the structure of government, we have focused in previous uh, infographics on the structure as related to the division of labor between uh, general government services, uh, public and social welfare programs, in other words, a functional distribution of activities within the government and public sector more broadly. In this episode, we're going to be looking at structure not as measured by the functional allocation of responsibilities, but by looking at centralization, specifically looking at the extent to which employment and resources, as you'll see in the paper, are directed either at the central government level, at the general government level, or at the public sector level writ large. Now, there's four ways of thinking about centralization and the structure of government uh, along the various levels of government. Uh, there, there's two ways of looking at a decentralized governmental structure. In the first view, transaction costs would govern uh, the degree of centralization of government. So, for example, if there's high transaction costs, particularly in uh, in government and with regard to the central provision of resources it makes sense to to allocate government functions outside the central government so for example let's assume that we're conducting economic studies now if the transaction costs are very high to hire an economic consulting firm or to do these things through a government body, then a central government worker would be hired and tasked with the job of conducting this study. So the transaction costs would determine centralization, and as higher transaction costs uh, occur in a country, that might suggest reductions in the amount of decentralization. The second approach focuses on reactiveness to economic opportunities. In theory, a government might decentralize in order to take advantage of particular economic activities, either to take advantage of them on a production side, so we're thinking about uh, uh, shipping, uh, construction, and other activities which are often associated with developing countries, or with uh, economic op opportunities related to cost savings. So for example, uh, government providing itself goods and services instead of uh, outsourcing to the private sector. So these are two views about the possible decentralization of government. Now what are some views about centralization of government? Why might governments centralize and allocate most of the working positions at the central level as opposed to the general government or public sector. One view might be that central governments insulate themselves from economic shocks. Under this view, central governments uh, would be afraid of 
too close ties with the economy because that would lead to hiring and firing of central government staff, which is politically unpalatable and economically wasteful. In the second view to centralization, uh, this view might see a strong central government as actually responding to changes in the economy, proactively responding to changes. Uh, some of the East Asian governments represent an example of this view. Uh, taking the example of shipbuilding or technology in the 70s and 80s in places like South Korea and Japan, it's very uncertain if government could have fostered the development of local industries in these economies if a large amount of civil service employment and economic activity had occurred at a decentralized level. Therefore, there's strong reasons to think that a government might centralize in response to economic activity. Now, let's turn our attention to the infographic. In the infographic, we see large amounts of variation between the proportion of labor working at the central government level as opposed to the general government level or within the public sector writ large. Uh, looking at Italy, Finland, and Luxembourg, we see roughly a 50-50 split between central government and general government. Uh, Canada, Netherlands, and Greece, we see much more employment at the general government level and in the public sector as, as an entity as a whole. Uh, and of course you can see for yourself that there's a, a, a range of possible allocations of labor as you read from left to right from Senegal to Azerbaijan each government choosing its own proportion of labor within the public sector. Now, of course, these, as a caveat, these data might simply represent reporting issues rather than the actual allocation of labor itself. So to that extent, uh, the watcher or reader of this paper should be weary as to the division of labor, what that means about the structure of government, and most importantly, what that means with, uh, with regards to the government's response to changes in the larger macroeconomy. This has been another infographic instant with Brian Moore.